0: So, John, it's been two weeks. Did you miss me?
1: Scotty, I, I, you. I don't know if you've ever had to leave a pet behind when you went off to work. And I just and now I understand how my dog feels when he's abandoned for hours during the day, except for my feeling is much worse because you've abandoned me for weeks while you were off vacationing
0: in the Riviera. Well, yeah, the English Riviera, maybe. But um, you're, you're, like, you're like... Blackpool? <laughs> I, was in, I was in Cornwall. I think actually they called Devon the English Riviera. I'm not sure what they call Cornwall. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. It was, it was England. It was wet. Uh, um, it wasn't cold, but it was wet. Uh, but hmm. you're like this abandoned, so does this mean you go? You went all around your house peeing and pooping everywhere, did you? Uh, pretty much. It's, it's just a surprise Monday, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but, John, it has, it has been two weeks um, since we last together, so I hope in that time you've become a better developer.
1: I have, I have, because I've become a better developer every day because I, I, I follow some good habits. And isn't there a, an interesting article that we should be discussing? Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. So the, we get round to this stuff eventually. Is there? Um on the the syndicate, which is Martian Crafts blog? I think about August the second, um, Zach McArthur released uh, uh, an article called "Tips for Being a Developer," and so we're just going to um, work through each of those tips and have a discussion, and then maybe maybe add some more. Um, i have no he makes no comment in the article about whether you know this is in the order of importance or whether this is just uh a, a, a random list so um can't read anything into that for him so uh, we may have opinions on that but but let's see so um we'll put a link for the um uh the blog post in the show notes but uh, let's let's start off with his first tip for becoming a better developer is to learn data structures um yeah, which seems quite a low level way of starting. I mean, when by data structures he means things, make sure you understand what an array is, a hash is, a dictionary, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, when I first read that, I thought, well, you're starting very, very specific there. But actually, when I just began to think about that a little bit more, you know, it occurred to me that you know these are probably the things you use most to get things done in 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 your work and. And the better you know things like uh, the arrays and the dictionaries and how they work and how to use them efficiently, probably reality is the better code you're writing. Indeed, well,
1: I, I, I when I was reading through this, I kept thinking to myself, "Gosh, I know so little, but I've managed to get fairly far with knowing so little." So either I'm lucky or or charming, um, because honestly, you know, uh, I didn't know anything. I thought that that a string and a dictionary and an array and a set was all you ever needed in life. Um, And and you can kind of get very far with that, but then uh, uh, when you work at things at at large scale, um, repeating things, which is what ends up happening with the array of dictionaries, uh, becomes very, very inefficient. So even learning things like trees uh, is very, very important.
0: Yes, I mean, so I think that's, I mean, we're just agreement, a fairly fundamental on this. I mean, I have to say um, I bought a little while ago now quite a long time ago now the advanced swift book from the guys at um, obsidian.io and um uh, they go into sort of the usage of the, the, the structures quite a lot and i did learn a whole bunch of stuff how to use better uh things like you know especially in swift the mapping functions and all that within arrays and um you know in actually just Digging down and spending some time reading chapters on these things actually did improve the way I wrote code. So, yep, I would say I, I'll agree with that one, and uh, we'll put a link for that book in the show notes as well if you're interested in that one. So the next, the next tip for um, being a better developer: uh, study algorithms. Um, so uh, what's that? What's that? That uh, you know multi tome volume that goes on about software algorithms? Is it? Is it? um i can't remember his name um is it kuth no is that that right i i honestly have no idea uh anyway
1: not having is this the time when i get to admit that i didn't study computer science
0: no but you what did you study i can't remember i studied international relations and music (laughs) perfect qualification for the job you're doing absolutely uh okay so that's a, that that's a good point so you've never studied computer science have you ever studied algorithms no okay um do you feel that uh, when you so what did you feel when you read this then uh i felt like a fool do you think it's something you should study
1: uh at various times i actually have because i and and, and i i will uh even disp- the even though i'm admitting to my my ignorance i'm not the only ignorant person on the planet i think there actually i I've, I've come across many articles kind of like uh, uh crash courses in, in computer science m- meaning for the, you know if you talk about what it takes to be, be a good software developer these fundamentals are 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 extremely important but they aren't the only thing um and so but there are plenty of people who who managed to get f- Pretty far along, and then they think, "Well, what is it that I missed by not having studied that?" And and so um, this is the this is probably one of the things that I I feel most uh, empty about not having studied.
0: Um, I mean, I did study computer science, but I mean, you know, we didn't. Um,
1: yeah, you know, back then, what, what what was computer science back in that day? Where... About how to stack punch
0: cards efficiently? It it, it, it was pretty close to that actually. <laughs> It wasn't you know how to uh, how to walk from uh, uh, your desk to the computer room without dropping the stack of cards and having to start again. Um, no, it, it was uh, you yeah, know we were we were using terminals when I studied computer science, um, but everything was still batch compiling. So as soon as you you would tend to try and get things right quicker because you'd have to submit your app to um, oh, we didn't even call them app your program uh, to uh, the the queue for compiling, and it might sit there for an hour before it got into the the compiler um queue so you you know drink a lot of coffee while going off and waiting to do things because um you couldn't work on the code while it was in the list so anyway that's irrelevant uh, so we did do a little bit of work on algorithms um but you know not not to sort of some sort of geekery phd level or anything um however i think this whole thing of, of studying algorithms is quite um it, it sounds incredibly dull but it's actually it doesn't have to be that heavy and can be quite light there's there's a, a another book i bought actually um i can't remember when a little while ago uh called um algorithms and data structures i think it's called yes swift algorithms and data structures by a guy called wayne bishop um and it just it's it's a pdf book it's not very long but it just looks at things like binary search trees and tree balancing and um stacks and queues and graphs and shortest paths and heaps and stuff like that um and it explains them very succinctly, and you probably know most of this stuff anyway, or you know, even if you wouldn't have been able to put a name on it. No matter if you've been developing for any amount of time, but I did find just by—I um, mean, I didn't sit and read it from end to end, but I did spend a few weeks just dipping in and out quite regularly. And I did find that by by learning, and I did learn some stuff, but I'm not saying I knew it all. But I, I did—I did learn some stuff about it. Um, but just this act of regularly just seeing how some of this stuff worked and whatever else. Did help me in the way that I would then think about the way I structured things because I'm thinking, you know, I, I would recognize patterns about things maybe a little more, or I would recognize, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, which is an interesting point we'll come back to a minute. I'd recognize, you know, that maybe there was a better way of doing this. So th- this act of just maybe, you know, dipping in and out of these things and learning them, I think can be profitable. Um, and I did study algorithms a little bit and I still find, you know, I mean, going back and, and, uh, Doing it was so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that one. Although it doesn't have to be as dry as it sounds.
1: Well, I think one way for it not being dry is to to uh, study it through the field of, of folk dancing. I'm sure you've probably seen these videos on YouTube of Bulgarian folk dances in, in implementing different s- sorting algorithms. Please tell me you've seen it. If you haven't, I'll be so happy that I can have a link for it. I, I
0: haven't. Please put it. Please send me the link, and we will make sure it's in the show notes. And I will watch them. Okay. So you have been studying these things through, but you've just been doing it through another, um, uh, another mode. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. So what? What did he have next? Uh, master the IDE, John. Are you a, a Zen of X, um, a Zen master of Xcode? Eh. You know, it's very funny. Uh, Before I had uh, an enormous
1: monitor, I was always told, you have to learn these keyboard shortcuts because if you're trying to to develop on a laptop, if you can't efficiently show and hide uh, different panes, you'll be very unhappy. And then now that I work uh, for a a large company and I have not one but two big ass monitors, it's less a a problem of, of doing those things. Um, but I think that there are, there definitely are some keyboard commands that I find very, very useful. Um, and, and I will embarrass myself further in that since I, I'm still working on Objective C, even just the one thing of switching between the, the, the header file and the implementation files, it, it was a, it, the absence of a, of a working keyboard combination is one of the first things I noticed uh, when I was working with Xcode 8, the beta.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to admit for myself that. Um, I'm realizing more and more. I'm not, you know. There's a whole bunch of stuff I don't know about Xcode, um, and you know, I I I never invested the time. I get I do what I need to do each day. You know, I probably know most of the editor shortcuts. That I need to know about getting around my code but lots of other stuff and and stuff that may be available in the IDE that I could tick or not tick that I'm I write in code still you know things like an interface builder or whatever um that this one challenged me that I needed to probably dig in a little more and and, and invest in this one because yes yeah, it is the tool we use most of the day um and you know knowing Swift or Objective-C really well in the libraries really well is I think obviously the biggest thing but actually this this thing that we use to manipulate them yeah, and you come across people sometimes and they go, "Well, why don't you just do this?" And you're thinking, "Because I didn't know that existed." <laughs> um, do, I mean, have you ever sat down and read the Xcode documentation? No, and uh, no, and and uh, if, I, I don't. I think I don't know many people
1: actually do. Um, the documentation has certainly gotten a lot better, but I think that. Uh, I think most people tend to learn from actually watching somebody else, whether that's a coworker or, or taking a class, um, because I don't think the documentation is, tends to to be something that says, "Here's a guide that will take you through it." It's more like, "I have no
0: idea, so let me search for something and hope I I come across the right right page." Yeah, the documentation is more of a reference, isn't it? If you if you already know what you want to do, you can find something that tells you that confirms that you know what to do. But actually, just to generally learning it. Um, and I find this is something that you don't tend to get books on either, or the books you do get tend to be um, bad, shall we say, uh, no. because they start incredibly basic, they're designed for people who've never seen Xcode before, and of course Xcode changes far faster than um, uh, the languages underneath the Swift, and, uh, you know, even Swift, which is fast-changing Xcode, changes faster, more things in it, so books go out of date pretty much almost immediately. Um, so actually you know, there is only one way to do this and that's to sort of uh, sit down and um, uh, you know, just play watch other people um, Yeah, so this one challenged me um, to uh, Xcode learn something new every single day is my new motto well it's not my motto something I'm going to try and do um, and uh, see how much I'll learn yes and so as
1: the nice liaison to the next one one of my favourite debugging tools which I only got to fairly late in the game is the, the you know the the user interface kind of the, the the debugger that lets you see, or the part of the debugger that lets you see exactly the the uh, all the, all the layout, all the different views, and how they stack together, and then you can see if something is there but just hidden, or you know what's going on with there. That's the, you know it is one of the more delightful parts of Xcode.
0: Yes, well, and the next one is get good at debugging. Um, I I can totally agree with this one. I mean, the better you are at debugging, basically the better you are at your job. Uh, And I agree with you. Um, You know, there are still many of us who debug, um, whose only method of debug is the odd breakpoint in Uh, NSLog. And and there's far more. And you've just mentioned, uh, what's the official name of it? Uh, debug view hierarchy. Yeah, the hier- and, and 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 there
1: is the the, the great uh, you know third party app for it, um, and it it's it, that's, re- that's reveal, isn't it? Reveal, yeah, and I think that that it's worth every penny, and I see I see a bunch of people who use it at work um, for simpler stuff. Um, you know, the the built-in Xcode one is good as well. I mean. It, if if your app is at all graphically intensive, this is one of the best tools that you can have because there are so many mysteries that are indeed revealed. Haha, when you can see what's going on, and, and debugging. Okay, I will admit something else. For years, for years, I, I'm I'm embarrassed when I look back at old code that just rife with logging statements. Like you know, I thought that I was I was sophisticated when I used a, a you know a mechanism that would allow you to turn off you know to not use NS log, but to use you know your own kind of thing that you could you could turn it off or set different log uh, levels. But then uh, I was shamed once when somebody looked. It's like, what the hell is all this logging code in there? It's like, well, how do I know what's going on? It's like, have you ever heard of a debugger, dude? Put a breakpoint in. Stop the debugger. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, learn how to use breakpoints. Yeah. Breakpoints are not just for for WWC
0: concerts. They're actually useful uh, parts of of Xcode. Exactly, and not just breakpoints. I think everybody learns to put that little blue um, uh, arrow their code fairly quickly but you know there's a whole bunch of power around breakpoints you know conditional breakpoints breakpoints that will only stop when certain other conditions are true all this sort of stuff which um you you don't see being used as much so again i think um and and make a huge difference i mean because i mean it's i don't know i guess it depends on your job but for many you know a, a good percentage of their job might be spent in debugging um you know, you write code once, and then you spend the rest of your life debugging it. It feels like half the time. Um, yeah. So yeah. So getting uh, good, but not just you know the, the normal stuff like breakpoints, and then um, there's just things about you know being able to dig into objects using the editor. I know there was a big um, kerfuffle when Swift came out that a lot of the uh, ability to dig into the the objects that you were debugging using the command line, um, and even things like PO, which Mm-hmm. Old fashion for print object weren't working but yeah that is getting better but just learning that this sort of stuff um uh getting down into oh i keep wanting to say um gdb but it's not gdb anymore is it it's um lldb lldb uh sort of something. ladies love debuggers there we are that's right um i won't forget that now because you've been very useful there john thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I would say, yeah, I can, I can agree with that one as well. Get good at debugging uh, will make you a better developer. Well, here's here's
1: something why I'm very good at debugging because I'm very good at writing bugs. And and I was joking with a colleague saying that there really are only two kinds of Git commit messages that are valid: it's creating bugs or fixing bugs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to use that one. I'm just going yep. to. Uh, that's it. That's all my commit messages from now on. <laughs> So the next one. The next one I struggle with because I haven't got any. Um, develop with a friend. Uh, well <laughs>
1: Step zero is to have friends, yeah. I guess the yeah.
0: So the first thing is is to, you know, put down the computer games or you know, leave the dark room, find a friend. <laughs> um, you know, find someone to do Pokemon Go with. <laughs> um Okay, uh, uh, I mean basically we're talking about pair programming here. Um well, I mean, it, yes and no. I mean, I think that it slides right into
1: the other one. Read other people's code. I mean, I think that, that you, know, you, you get better at, at anything if you have good examples. And I'm reminded of, of uh, Matteo Manfredini. I keep mentioning this guy's name um, because I keep seeing him in my email box. But he always talks about the fact that you know uh, the samples that are, are given by Apple that are taken as gospel are, are sometimes incorrectly taken as gospel because they are produced by people who are under time pressure as much as we are. And they can be terrible. They can be absolutely terrible and you can end up making huge mistakes. Even if you take for gospel, you create a new file and look at some of the stub code, it's not so great, let alone the examples. Um, so I think that, that, you know, read other people's code. If, 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 if you don't have friends right next to you, go on GitHub and look at some of the higher rated projects. And just even if you don't care about what it's doing specifically, Look at how the project is structured. Look at how are, are, you know, are they properly documented? Are they nicely, you know, does the, the code have nice pragma marks on it? Things of,
0: of that nature. They're just small things, but they, they end up being very, very powerful for you. Okay, so we, we've merged these two together, and that, that's cool because they are sort of related. So develop with a friend and read other people's code. Um, and, and I agree totally with both of them. Um, obviously, as a consultant stroke contractor, I read a lot of other people's code. And over the years, you know, I, I've read code by hundreds, if not thousands, of different developers, and um, it's always a way of learning how to do things, and equally how not to do things. Often, um, and you often pick up things saying, "Oh, I didn't know you could do that," and you know, "What's this syntax here?" And oh, I didn't realize the language did that. That's 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 really cool. So I think reading other people's code, um, it is is uh, an incredibly good way of becoming a better developer, and if you don't work in an environment, even if you work in an environment with other developers um you know go and recode by people who are working on different type of apps, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment because you know that code will have different meanings, different uses, and you know therefore we'll introduce different concepts that maybe just reading the code around your one app isn't going to do but the develop with a friend thing i think it's it is different and um it's you. Know, I and I am going to call it whether it's pair programming or um, whether it's just your two people working on the same project. It's what you get that you don't get when you read other people's code. When you read other people's code, is you see the result. When you pair with somebody or you develop with a friend, you see the thought process that led to the result, and uh, that can be as revealing as anything else. That can be actually sometimes more revealing because. The 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 thought process led to this result in this instance, but that same thought process might have led to a different result in a different instant, or um, you know, a different way of doing it over here or over there. And it's just a great way of learning. And to physically sit down or just be online um, and have one person type. And I know this is also like agile and that sort of not, not trendy anymore, and all this um, is a great way of understanding how things work. Um, and I'm not talking about um, you know one geek who's far better than another person. Just the whole process. People are roughly on an equal level. This whole concept of someone saying, "Why are you doing that?" and challenging you to think about it, or "Why don't you do it this way?" Uh, as you're writing the code and having to think it through is an amazing way of learning. Um, um, I'm still a believer, and I know lots of people disagree with me that actually pair programming is more productive than individual programming, even though to the bosses who are paying two salaries or whatever else, it doesn't feel like it is. I think um, I think over the life of the project, especially when it's new, you end up with a better code base, more reliable, less bugs, more standard compliant, faster by putting two people onto each, each coding thing. Um, I mean, you, know, you don't have to use it all the time, but I still believe in that, and I think you definitely improve the skill set of your team uh, far more than than leaving them to get on and just keep making their own mistakes again and again and again, and even more than code review will. Because co- let's face it, you know, if you go do code review, people just you know point out things that are wrong, maybe do something else. This isn't our standards. Try this way, but it's still not the same as having that person sit there and, and you know next to you and have to say, well, why don't we use um, a dictionary instead of an array because you know it's indexed and we can blah bloody blah. It's just develop with a friend is you know, find a small side project, find someone online, get together for a couple of hours a week, use, you know, screen share and, and write some code. You'll learn loads from each other. Indeed,
1: indeed. I, I think one last thing about it, which is more maybe perhaps just in the reading people's code. I mean, I think that uh, uh, just as, as uh, when you write an essay using English or using an actual language, not a comp- you know, programming language, you read it aloud and you feel how... how are you out of breath as you're reading a sentence, or does it flow naturally? You know those types of things. That also applies to code. I think, and with method names and, and ivar names and and you know, maybe this is maybe too Objective C uh, specific, but since Objective C was supposed to be a very expressive language and and it should read more like sentences, I think that's important. I think even even Swift with the, the latest you know with with Swift three they they really tried to say let's how do we make something that that is very clear what its intention is, and I think that that Sometimes, uh, you know, when you're writing for yourself, you tend to try and make things a little bit too compact, and you always have to think about either future you or somebody else that you don't hate that has to to read through your code, and does it make intuitive sense when you read it aloud? Um, I think these things matter. They really do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think Swift 3 makes that better um, and, and closer to Objective-C, even though very different. I mean, the whole continuing to name your methods based on what the first parameter is, as you effectively do in Objective-C. So, you know, something did happen for controller. Um, just doesn't feel right in Swift. Um, but, you know, Swift 3, by forcing the... Uh, this was optional, and I personally do this, um, if the standard's in the place I'm working in I me mean, By forcing the first parameter of a function method to, to have to be named... As opposed to not named as it can be the default, mm-hmm. yeah. You, know, you can you can drop that now in in Swift three, or you you know just say something happened, first parameter for controller, whatever. Um, so it can read again, and it but it but it now works with the language, so that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Let, let's skip one, um, and and then we'll come back to um, the uh, let's skip on to the moment to to learn a new language because we've just spoken about. that. Um, does learning a language, in your opinion, make you um, uh, a, a better developer? Do you think?
1: I think it does, you
0: know. And I wish I,
1: I wish I, I spent more time. So I, I've been uh, one of the things that we do at work is uh, we use this language called Groovy f- uh, for doing our endpoints. And the idea was for that, you know, with all the different platforms that a company like Netflix has to support, there's no way that you can have a, a monolithic backend that can satisfy all needs for all platforms. So and by the same token, you can't really make every client-side developer all of a sudden become an expert back-end developer. So the Groovy language and some mechanisms that we have for creating our own endpoints makes it possible to, to, to get things very, very specific to what you're trying to do and give you a, a, a way of, of creating an endpoint um, and getting it deployed and, and testable very, very quickly. Um, and it, it's... It, it, it's like Java, and it also is, is very much based on unreactive programming. So, you know, you get some data, you, it comes across, you constantly map it, you reduce it, you do all these different things to get it exactly the way you want it to be. Um, and I've, I have found it, uh, I, it, makes, it makes me now understand uh, Swift a lot, uh, a lot better, I think, and, and the ideas of functional programming a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I think in my 28, 29 years of being a professional developer, I think I worked this out once for a a conference talk I gave. I think I've deployed applications in, uh, I think it was 21, 19, something like that, different languages. Um, And, um, you know, one of the things it tells you is development, there are fundamentals to development which are the same everywhere, um, regardless of language. But it does make you think. you know, so I guess the most recent languages I've learned are Swift. I learned JavaScript for doing some Node stuff. I learned Ruby a couple of years ago for doing some backend stuff. Um, and each time you, you you learn a new language, it forces you to reevaluate basic concepts. Like, how do I use an array? How do I how mm-hmm. do I use a dictionary? How you know do I use functions? Do I use methods? What's a retur- You know what what are return types? Is this um is this uh, strong typed? Is it dynamically typed? What does that mean to me? Um so just the very concept of going through this learning process forces me to think about things and in a way, and whenever you think about things, you can then reflect that back to what you already know. And uh yeah, so it's great. So I would say um learning a new language is um uh really cool. And then I would definitely combine it with the the one that we skipped, which is write many types of programs and you know, i don't think this one just means that you know let's make sure you write you know um at least you know you have a, a weather ios app and a um you know shopping ios app because they're very different you know let's not you know it's not talking about different types of ios apps i think it's talking different apps now for the obvious one for um for us is is right mac and ios apps um you know they're pretty similar but there's enough differences that it does make you think different ways um but what about you know learning a new language and writing an Android app or writing a Windows app or writing a web app? Because again, you're, what you're doing is you're taking, you know, those core concepts that you've learned when you've been studying data structures and algorithms and all the rest of it, and having to put it into another environment that makes you think about how this works. Um, and it will challenge what what you're doing. So again, I would say, you know, spend the odd evening, the odd weekend. Yeah, we're not. Asking, you know, you don't have to produce production-ready code. You don't have to produce something you're ever going to release, but just work on something for a different platform that uses different libraries in a different way, because it will actually make you a better developer.
1: Indeed. Well, here's another way of thinking about it. Uh, uh, it's no different from learning different spoken languages or exposing yourself to other cultures and traveling. You know, it's it's, it's exactly the same in my mind. But, yeah, I mean, think about it this way. There, there are you know, various, various uh, different ways to insult people and different languages have different, different uh, norms for insulting people. And they can be quite poetic in the way that, you know, you might insult somebody in Italy, Italian is going to be different how you might do it in Chinese. Um, and so learn how to do that. And Not how to, how, yeah, learn how to insult you're it,
0: excellent, insult using different codes. You're excellent at insulting people in any culture in the world, John. <laughs> That's you true. You seem to have this natural <laughs> gift. <laughs> okay, couple couple to go um, Okay, so this is the first one that I actually um, Not struggled with, but uh, um, Found, well, I can take it or leave this one a little bit For, for many reasons, not because I'm principally against it So it's maintain a blog
1: mm. So
0: Zach argues that, you know uh, Writing a blog forces you to firstly find things to write about uh, Which are interesting, which means you have to explore Agree with that totally it forces you have to have to explain those things, which means to explain them, you have to break down and understand them, which I totally agree with. Um, and equally, it, when you're putting things into a written form, it forces your communication skills to hopefully get better, um, even if just your written language skills, hopefully, um, if, you, if you care about what you're doing. And, and I agree with all those things. Um where i where i sort of disagree or not disagree where i struggle with this one is actually the time it takes to maintain a blog and this is someone who's tried a thousand times to maintain a blog um, and failed every single time the time it takes to write a quality blog post and do this i'm not i'm not sure that the return on that time is as great as it is by implementing the other things on this list mm.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, that the, the important things that you've spoken about are writing things and forcing yourself to explain how something works. I mean, you know, you could get much of the same benefit if you have to ask questions online or if you have to write, you know, a, a, a DTS, you know, developer technical support uh, request, uh, forcing yourself to to explain what you're trying to do. What didn't go as you expected? What you were expecting to happen? All those types of things. You know, filing a quality radar. It's it's the act of having to explain what you're doing. And I think similarly, and this is very very important if if you're getting started, just maintain a little, uh, just a little text file. This is a little tip that I I got from looking at somebody else's project, is that there was just a, a log, I mean, a little RTF file that says on this day I did this. This is what I struggled with. This is what worked well. And if nothing else, I, I I look back and read some of the things that I wrote back. It, it's kind of nostalgic and fun, but you can also see how your 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 analytical skills get better when you, they get demonstrably better when you when you memorialize them with a, a couple of sentences. Um, and there was actually even a really good talk at alt conference, and I I can't remember the woman's name, but it was basically you know it was blogging for, for you know why why I bothered to write, and for her it was it was you know it made her a better developer but it also you know it 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 caught her as a conference speaker and those two things are really great because it was it wasn't just the single act of of, of talking at a conference it's expanding her network of, of people uh, that you learn from so I mean maybe this is the segue into the next section uh because he asks uh you know what's your other tip and I think the other thing too is develop a good network of, of people and it kind of it, it It helps with with becoming a better programmer because it exposes you to more different ideas and and uh, more people that you can get help from. Or exposing, yeah, just essentially it's the same thing as traveling, expanding, expanding your horizon.
0: Darn it, John, that was going to be my tip as well. Dope. Sorry, it's all right. But it, it just shows that you know, great minds think alike, as they say. As do stupid, as do stupid ones, um, or la- lazy minds go to the same thing. No, but I think yeah. You know, so while we agreeing? Our tip, the one we are adding to this, is um, mix with other developers. Be that in a network online, uh, even preferably, I would say, go to a conference or a meetup or a hangout. Um, getting in the same room, you know speak to people outside of the code, the hallway conversation at a conference, the beer conversation at a a, a Cocoa Heads or an NS meetup, Um, you know, have people online that you talk to, get into some Slack channel that doesn't just do code, but it does, you know, developer sort of, you know, just general developer chat um, and, and just be a part of a bigger community. Is that our tip? Yes. Good. I don't think we've been so unified ever. Okay. Well, okay. I can
1: say one more thing, though, is, is that it's not just enough. It, it's not enough just to talk to other software engineers and talk about coding or, or APIs. I think it's important to also uh, talk with other people who are working on the same project, but who are, would naturally have a different perspective, whether it's somebody in marketing or design And uh, thinking back about algorithms, um, I'm reminded a little bit about a a program on on cooking and food. It was actually a Michael Pollan book uh, uh, that was then turned into a a television series, first on PBS and then actually on Netflix, I have to say it. Uh, And it talks about uh, fundamentals of, of cooking. And there was one section where they're talking about bread making. And I was absolutely fascinated to watch how this Moroccan woman was kneading bread and, and the type of, of kind of very, very flat, huge earthenware plate that was used. And it was, it was fascinating to watch. And I think you can learn a lot about, about how to solve a particular problem, about how to solve problems in general by watching people who are very good at repetitive tasks, um, whatever they may be. And I think that, that you can find inspiration for software engineering in the same way that you can find inspiration for, for music or, or any type of, of creative expression just by watching People do something
0: I would agree, yeah, so be be part of a network that's not just yeah you know, or or be part of a software development network, but also join another network go to yeah, you know, why not go to designer meetups or something you know just 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 something to make you think differently. I mean, the place where I'm working at the moment, um things are done with software teams, um it's got pros and cons, but you know one of the pros is you know in a software team, there'll be an iOS developer, an Android developer, a designer, a product manager um a backend developer, a um tester, uh and so basically and the, the idea is you as a team produce the solution for the company. But it means you can't, you know, when you're sitting down to come up with solutions, you can't just sit there and say, Yeah, yeah, we'll just drop this into interface builder and blah blah. blah. You've got to be more generic about your solutions because you're you're coming with the company wide solution for all the platforms. You're agreeing together the best approach and then you may have to later go in. Implement your bit, but you, it forces you to immediately have a bigger picture of the problem and how it affects the business, how it affects the company, how it affects everyone else around you, and the users, not just of your app, but of the whole uh, service that is being supplied. Uh, and just that bigger picture thing um, it is, you know, it opens your eyes to different things that you probably wouldn't have seen if you just immediately started thinking, "How do I get this done in iOS?" Um, so yeah, so broaden your horizons in your uh, in your networking as well. John, we've run, run just a little bit long, but um, I think um, uh, I think it's been worthwhile. Uh, Zach, uh, Zach McArdle, who wrote that blog post, thank you very much for letting this uh, take your work and use it to get a whole episode from. Um, this is the thing, <laughs> get people to write blog posts that take probably a very long time, and then you spend 30 minutes talking about them like you know what you're doing, and everything <laughs> is great. <laughs> John, um, if people want to find you on the, uh, on, on the webs, where are they going to do it? They're going to find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E,
1: like the West African drum.
0: And you're going to find me, Scotty, at, uh, at MacDevNet on Twitter. And um, you can find the show notes for this uh, episode at iDeveloper.co. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And until next time, you take care. <music> The top of the top